Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Final Path Podcast actual play of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. Where we've gone to meet the great and powerful O. Tavio. Dating oh sim? Oh. <laughs> what? I, I was wondering how that was going to end for a moment there. Also, dating sim? Wait, what? Adrian likes a man in uniform. Oh, uh, right. Oh. Like. <laughs> Welcome to Hecky Hecky Literature. I mean, we can club. all give a good fangirl squee for some of the best armor. Oh, uh, he's like, so good play. looking. He looks so cool. Uh, well, we don't know what he looks like. <laughs> I'm uh, talking about his armor. Wow. Also, all right. uh, content forewarning for a hecky hecky literature club, which I can only imagine will be slightly more disturbing than the Doki Doki literature club. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Actually, no, literal no. hell. I mean, maybe. That would be hard to top. Mm, it is true. Fair. Uh, for anyone that wants your dating sim with the side of uh, horror? cosmic horror? mental trauma. Yeah, yeah. also that. That feels like our brand. I don't know if I want that to be our brand. <laughs> I wouldn't say with this story so much. No, but, uh, Depending no. on the story that you're talking about. Uh, yeah, jumping back into things. Uh, well, I guess when last we had left our heroes, the Silver Ravens, for the first time in the show's 43-episode <laughs> history, had left the walls of Kentargo. It's cool, though, because we can still see them. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're literally doing that thing where like parents are like, now keep the side in or keep it inside of the house, uh -huh. and so like you do that thing where the kids like looking over like. Okay, so let's see the house from here. I can go play over here. <laughs> yep. I mean, we are technically still outside the walls, though. So we're in the counts. hinterlands. Yes, you're in the surrounding hinterlands. Mm. I, I realized going back through and editing that episode that I made it like a safari excursion because I kept like, then you see the bullfrogs, and then you see mm. the herons, and there's some <laughs> mallards. We're very excited about <laughs> it. Listen to the bullfrogs in their natural habitat. <laughs> Robert, Off to Robert. the side, you see the native Cantargo boule. No, oh, no, no, no. It's natural oh, environment. Lord. Isn't there a Drake no. out here somewhere? Yeah, there's oh, yeah, a Spire there's Drake. Yeah, spire there's drake. Spire drake. The Spire Drake, it's only natural predator. <laughs> the witch I'm just imagining this boule popping up out of the ground, a Spire Drake just swooping down and flying <laughs> off with it in its talons. Uh, like, I just want to make a bard based on David Edinburgh and just like oh relate God, all the oh knowledge checks that oh, I make about yeah. monsters. Yeah, you, you do, yeah, and you do, uh, you do uh, oratory performance. Like that's oh your. Oh boy, that's your not 100 sure, but I think there's a bard archetype in first edition that has to do with like zoology and such. All right, I'm here for it. And if any of us die, we should all play this David Attenborough-like bard. Bard. And now yes. that the Book of the Dead is out, I'm just coming back as a ghost. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I do love it. We don't hate undead in this group. It's true. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> what we see Not here yet. is the kobold. Uh, no, I suppose, uh, well, to continue, we, we left the city. We had set off, the Silver Ravens had set off, making their way into the swamps south of the city of Cantargo on Argo Isle to uh, approach the Shrine of St. Cynix, wherein you believed the lictor, the head of the Order of the Torrent, Hell Knights, was uh, currently in exile. Not necessarily self-imposed exile because he'd be murdered no, if he no. returned, but uh, he has an exile. exile. Yeah, at this point, it's definitely not self-imposed. Like, he will be captured and probably executed. And then we'll never know what he looks like under this helmet. That they're is the primary hang concern. Him in his helmet. Yes. <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess they, that's they're going to do the whole let sad. me solo her thing, where it's like it's just the helmet, and just then the like helmet. he's like just in like a like his loincloth. Keep the helmet on. Oh my anyway. god. Moving on. <laughs> this armor's real sexy, y'all. I don't know what to tell you. 
Jess is having a moment, guys. All right, everybody, check, check the oh show notes and try to figure out how that works. We don't use the uh, Mummy's Mask naming convention, but this would be the one with all the thirst. <laughs> the one with the thirsty druid. Oh, gosh. You'd arrived at the Shrine of Shrine of St. Cynex, wherein you had met with the uh, the two remaining guardians of the shrine, uh, Brother Jinbai and Sister Ramel. The druids had welcomed all of you in. You'd uh, ate some uh, rather nice turtle soup, mm-hmm. which I don't know if turtle soup is actually good or not. I'd feel bad for turtles. They're one of the, the cuter animals that I don't like to eat. Mm. I'll eat chickens all day. They're cute, but they're uh, plentiful. It's, well, that's true. Chickens, you know? Turtles, they work so hard not to die with their shells. I know, they have a whole shell. They anyway, have a whole yeah. thing about yeah. being like born on the beach and having that's to like... sea turtles. I mean, that's specific. I, I definitely I mean, would not encourage anyone turtles. to eat sea turtles. <laughs> I don't know what kind of turtles these are, if they're freshwater or sea. I mean, I'm assuming there's some sort of turtle that lives in a river because the city's off a river. Maybe they're a snapping yeah, yeah. turtle. Yeah. Maybe they're snap- are- yeah, if they're snapping turtles, they deserve it. You had a chance to talk with the druids for a short time uh, and eventually managed to convince them upon showing them the ring and making a successful diplomacy check, of which is much harder to do if you don't show them the ring. Mm. You managed to convince them that uh, you are here to help to aid their friend, Octavio, the Hell Knight, who appears to have had a a strong relationship, or at the very least, his order has had a long-lasting strong relationship with the Shrine of St. Cynex. Which makes sense. Yeah. You know, recovering of... Drowned sailors, rescuing kidnapped people. Missing people, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a tie-in between that. Mm-hmm. You had made your way down into the shrine, uh, bypassing the rope golem that are, serves as the shrine's guardian, which would have been Also rope fun. golem, seriously. Rope golem. Yeah. Yep. I was... Wild. The way it was made described was very, uh, I, don't, I don't know, like Davy Jones-ish. You then made your way down into the depths, down into the, the drowned sailor's sanctum. Wherein the uh, the bodies of those sailors who had drowned at sea and their bodies had never been reclaimed uh, were kept. Upon arriving, you had met a a single figure, this tall man, resplendent in full plate armor, Adria a dark Greece. shade of black spikes, not necessarily even spikes, more like ridges, like the fins, like fins of fish extending off of his pauldrons, his uh, shin guards. The front breastplate, the back of his gauntlets, greaves every piece of his armor, making it look like this serrated, sharp-edged fish. His helmet fully obscuring his face, clutching in his hands a massive halberd, the head of it formed into what appears to be a coiling sea serpent, forming the blade of the weapon. Instead of the traditional raiment of the Hell Knights, he is instead wearing the blue and silver of Kentargo, nice. which falls about him in a tabard, instead of the traditional symbol for his order in office. Hmm. The man stands in the center of the room, the room lit only by the, the magical light source you yourselves bring in after climbing through the, or making your way down through the twisting and bizarre tunnel that had made you seem like you were descending down into the depths of the ocean as you'd gone down here, otherwise only lit by a single candle which burns on the table off towards his left-hand side. The man stands almost as unmoving as a statue. And from within his helmet, you hear, not what I was expecting. We're definitely not Tatari. Then who are you, friend? Hopefully a friend. Yes, and the name is Nicolo, and I'm going to guess we do another round of introductions, if that's cool, Mm -hmm. I assume. All right. 
And we're the civil ravens. I feel like we shouldn't beat around the bush because he's also just like super in hiding. Well, yeah. Who's he going to tell? <laughs> oh, and we uh, we know your cousin. Cesare would extend the ring. She is the one who told us how to find you. You're not positive. Of course, what the man's expression is completely <laughs> obscured inside of his helmet. The helmet turns a fraction to look down towards the ring, slowly turns to look over all of you. We were told to tell you that Lucille sends her love. He takes one hand off of his halberd, extends it out, palm up for the ring. Cesare would put it in his palm. He rolls it around for a second. I took you for hunters. I apologize. Quite all right. You are friends of my cousin. Yeah. Ultimately, yes. And the Silver Ravens, as we've already said. The Silver Ravens are done. Not anymore. We're on life support. <laughs> you make it sound like we just like went to sleep in like a cave like vampires until we were needed again. <laughs> I mean, perhaps that's Someone exactly what happened. Someone lit the black happened. flame candle on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> the man reaches up and pulls free his helmet, tucking it under his arm. You'd say that he's a man probably in his early to mid-30s. His hair is a brilliant shade of red. This almost this reddish burnt orange, which is shorn short. Hmm. Short enough that you think it makes it rather easy for him to keep it under his helmet in a very military style. Two scars mark his face, one directly over his brow on the right-hand side, and then a second one matching the angle of the first across the bridge of his nose, giving you an implication of something either slicing him simultaneously or two claw marks from some beast or another. The man's eyes are a piercing shade of not quite brown, but not quite green. This deep hazel that depends upon the light that you see it in. And he has a face that looks like it very rarely smiles. Perfect. <laughs> he could be married for all you know. Nah. Oh, actually, we can't see his hand. Wouldn't the cousin have said he had a wife? I don't know. Hmm. He has a daughter. Can I make a society check to know if he's married? Oh my god. <laughs> Gracious. Thirsty Druid. Thirsty Druid sounds like a good name for a bar. Like one it's of such a good name for a bar. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> if I open a bar, I'll call it the Thirsty Druid. <laughs> the man nods. Silver Ravens. Do you have a claim to this name? Was the order ever truly destroyed? Twas. We found one of their old hideouts and much of their old documents. It seems that everyone was eventually killed. But Nicolo pulls out the Silver Raven figurine. We aim to bring them back, since it seems that they are very needed right now. He nods, and a sign of, you assume, acceptance, turns his back on all of you, makes his way over to the table, sets his helmet down, turns back to face you. What do the Silver Ravens need with me, then? I'm hardly in a position to offer much assistance. We're hoping to offer you some assistance, but it seems we have similar goals. Help Kentago be free of a ruler that doesn't deserve her. I, too, oppose the High Inquisitor. Rosilai Thrun is no leader, rightful or otherwise. Did you really try to assassinate him, or is that just like a rumor? I'd hardly call it an assassination. I gave him a chance to pull his weapon. Ah. Mm. Honorable. Of course this guy would be honorable. I love He's one of the good a, ones. <laughs> I'm a chaotic person who likes a, a strong man in uniform. I would offer you comforts, but they are somewhat lacking down here. Mm. Quite all right. 
So, no, primarily we've come to you because, first of all, um, we should probably at the very least let you know that it is official that you are hereby stripped of your charter and you're not to return to the city. I suspect you knew as much. He looks down towards the table, scratches his chin. Again, you can tell that his time down here, even though he seems to have kept himself mostly clean-shaven, has worn on him some as there's like this five o'clock growth. Mm. Although then again, he probably has no idea of what time of day it is. Why so long? Why not immediately? That's a good question. You would have to ask through that question. I think you'd be reticent to answer me. He made it sound like this attack on his life was really was very recent, which I doubt it was. How long have no. you been down here? The Druids tell me that the people of Kentargo have referred to it as the Night of Ashes. Oh, jeez, mm. you've been down here a long time. I suspect then that uh, this new proclamation is a way to draw you out. Mm -hmm. It's a very calculated move. Oh, if it makes you feel better, the bounty on you is, like, intense. It doesn't. <laughs> well, he knows you're still out there, and he knows that you're a threat, so... Mm -hmm. I suppose we should share what we know. Yeah, we can start with that. He sits down on the stool. And what you refer to as the Night of Ashes, I was contacted. Received a missive from the Lord Mayor. It was not in her handwriting. Mm. I've worked with Lord Mayor Benilis for years. I know her. I arrived at the castle, made my way to see, to speak with the Lord Mayor, and arrived to find another man there, Berzillai Throne. Mm -mm. He was accompanied by other individuals of note in the city. Corinston Grivner, the senior prelate of Asmodeus, as well as a handful of others. Mm. Berzillai Throne informed me that the city had been placed under martial law by order of Abergel Throne. He provided me with the writ. I reviewed it. As I did so, we were joined by Kyrie Echodir, the parlichter of the Order of the Rack. Ah. Uh. I was informed by Throne that the city would now fall under his purview. Hmm. They believed that the Lord Mayor the true Lord Mayor of Cantargo, was no longer fit to continue her duties. Did they explain why? It has been long known that she's a, a sympathetic ear to the plight of her people. She does not believe in the iron-handed rule of the infernal faith of Chiliax. I would say many of the rumors about her being a worshiper of Caden Kaleen are not far off. Interesting. Whoa. Adria likes her more now. I feel comfortable sharing that because I don't believe that her reputation or her personage can come to any more harm than has probably already been enacted upon her. As far as we know, she's just gone. I suspect that she is probably being held captive somewhere. Mm -hmm. It is possible that they performed a secret trial against her. However, said faith leanings or even sympathy towards the oppressed are not capital crimes and she would not have been executed for such. However, I don't know if they had information on her that I was not made aware of. Crimes perhaps that she'd committed. All I know is that Brazili Thrun informed me that he was Lord Mayor. I asked him if the previous Lord Mayor had stepped down. He said that she had been made to step down. 
I asked him if she approved of the martial law that would allow him to be appointed in her stead. He stated, no. I informed him that that meant that martial law would not be properly recognized in the city as he did not go through the correct channels. Ah, delightful. Ah, it's lawful, baby. He said that the queen had made this decision personally. I asked him whether or not the nobles of the city had ratified this decision. He said no. It was at this point that I informed him that even the queen is answerable to the law of Chiliacs. He informed me that the church had decided to make this decision, and I had informed him that whilst we are a primarily religious-based government, there is a certain separation of powers inherent so to the law of Chiliacs. Why, why is this adventure path turning like Hell Knights around for me? <laughs> just this order. Well, really this just is this how order. all the Hell Knights are. Mm. Well, I don't know. The rack's going along with it. Yeah, the rack might interpret the law differently. I mean, that's yeah. the problem with individuals interpreting the law. I informed him that based on what he had told me, that what was happening was not a transfer of power, but a coup. I take it he didn't like that. It was about this point that many of the others, shall we say, stepped back. Hmm. As I had the foresight, as it were, to come armed and armored. Mm. I love him so much. Like, this guy literally is talking to, to Thrun's cousin and is like, yeah, you're bad and you're wrong and you should feel bad. It's awesome. He's cool. Barzillai's response was a shrug. It was at this point that I informed him that based on his choice to illegally usurp power, I would be forced to arrest him. And since it was a capital offense, oh! I would be forced to use deadly force if he chose not to comply. Adrian is grinning real wide right now. This is wild. He chose not to comply. The battle was brief, unfortunately. I was one against nine. Mm. I attempted to, shall we say, cut the head off the snake, figuratively and literally, in the case of Brazili Throne. However, unfortunately, he is as skilled as one would expect from the High Inquisitor of Asmodeus. Mm. Mm. I fought back into the hallway obviously a tactical position where their superior numbers would mean little if I could funnel them, as it were. However, between the might of the High Priest of Asmodeus, the spell power of the High Inquisitor, and the various other skilled warriors, including the Paralictor, I was outmatched. However, many of these were new arrivals to the city, and my order has safeguarded the city for decades. Mm. I knew the numerous secret passages through the castle and availed myself of them rather quickly. Doing such, I was able to flee out into the courtyard. Fortunately, some of the guards on the wall, I think, were still sympathetic. They had heard the horns they'd seen me heading towards the portcullis, and they raised the gate enough for me to go through. Mm. I pray that their act did not lead to disciplinary action. Before I had gone, I'd taken my daughter over to my cousins. Lucille is... He stares off into the distance. Everyone has to have something to fight for. Sometimes, simply fighting for the law or what is right is not enough. My daughter is the reason I must ensure Chiliax is safe. I ensured that she was safe, and I had my suspicions before going in. I had provided letters to my cousin to send out 
warning of potential change on the wind. And she did from what we know. Mm -hmm. And then I came here. He gestures around the room, and here I have remained, doing what little I can. He motions towards the wall, again covered with diagrams, maps, what look to be maybe troop numbers, more or less everything that he has plumbed his mind for uh, all the tactical information he can. I contemplated a number of outcomes. I will admit, my imagination was not enough to believe that the Silver Ravens would return from the grave, especially considering our tumultuous history. Your order and mine. Perhaps a phoenix might be more apt, but the city needed a symbol, and it was the best one we could find. That seems fair. So, I've told you my story. We have people, and we might be able to help out with some of Nikola gestures toward the wall full of tactical information. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, the Order of the Torrent isn't the only group that could stand against Thrun that was deposed in the Night of Ashes, so. It seems very targeted in that they somehow knew most of the major, well, parties that would have maybe not been too happy with the changing of the god. So they took out pretty much all of them, hence Night of Ashes. They killed them, arrested them, burned their places down. Hmm. Uh, do we want to tell him that Thrun has the Book of the Dead or the Damned? I mean, I don't see how that could hurt. Yeah. I mean... Night one, aside from, I guess, his confrontation from with you, I think the very first thing he did was come into town, have all the Aurorans, Aurorians? He targeted the archivists. Archivists, that's what they're called. That's right. Uh, so that he could get his hands on the book, the book of the Damned. He knew a great deal about the city. He knew exactly who might have resisted him. He knew exactly where to go to find this copy of the book of the Damned. This... Wasn't just the queen deciding that Kentargo needed to be brought under control. There's yeah. some other game at play here. I agree. And whatever it is means he's either extremely well informed or has access to powerful divinatory, which, if he's or got both. the prelate working for him, maybe both. Divinations can only show so much. However, being the High Inquisitor of the Church of Asmodeus, as well as a member of House Throne, it does mean that he had access to every note, every report, every slip of information that was provided. My order, of course, is required to make numerous reports back to Agorian. I will admit, and perhaps it is part of the reason that I am in the situation that I am in, our order follows the, let us simply say, minimal requirement. I love him so much! Due to the nature of the Church of Asmodeus, lies, misdirections, and abuse of the law are second nature to them. Mm -hmm. They do not adhere to what we Hell Knights do. I'm certain you've heard the stories. Oftentimes our name means that we are conflated with the Church of Asmodeus in a manner that doesn't actually reflect who we are. We use the hierarchy of Hell as an example take morality out of it and it is an absolute order but couldn't you do say the same thing about heaven if you wanted to rebrand many amongst my order worship individuals like Iomade sure a chelish hero herself and an exemplar of honor duty loyalty and order the order of the god claw mm. gods rest them were also very similar although to my understanding they have been destroyed now by the glorious reclamation to the south. 
But that is a matter beyond my purview and concern. I do believe, Cesare, you said it was. Yes. I do believe that you are correct in your assessment that the primary focus of Thrun may have been his arrival, his, his immediate claiming of the Book of the Damned. This was a bit of information I was not familiar with and changes the calculus some. Mm -hmm. He looks back towards the maps. I think you've answered a question that has been pressing me for some time. And Which what is? is that? If I may be blunt, in all things considered, Contargo is a satellite. Mm -hmm. We are small, relatively large compared to some cities, but still an outlier. Smaller than West Crown or Agorian. Correct. We've always enjoyed a certain degree of leniency as far as our connection to Chiliax is concerned. Ravenel has, separated as we are by mountain range from the heart of Chiliax, it is difficult to control this frontier, as it were. Brazili Thrun is a cousin to the queen, fifth in line to the throne of Chiliax, high inquisitor to the Church of Asmodeus. Why Kentargo? Mm-hmm. He could have claimed Westcrown and fought directly back against the forces of the Glorious Reclamation, which have claimed the city. He could be on the front lines of this war, securing glory. Why Kentargo? Book of the Damned. And probably something more. Oh, we know that the Silver Ravens had some sort of weapon. There was something in the Opera House, right? They mentioned it, but we didn't have any details. Which would explain why he set up his base of operations there. Yeah, there's something there. We don't know what it is. Possibly more information on the Silver Ravens as well. Certainly. I think he, well, we all think that he knew the Opera House was a stronghold of the Silver Ravens and chose it specifically for that purpose. Because otherwise, you'd be in Castle Cantago. I can tell you a little bit of the order of what you claim the name for. Not all of our records have been redacted. Good. What you know could be of great help. I know that the Silver Ravens were founded in 4606. The year of Arden's death. I was about to say, that's a rather infamous date. By an elven woman whose true name is unknown, but was known in public as Jackdaw. Mm -hmm. She had her already built herself a legend in Contargo folklore before she'd even ascended to lead the Silver Ravens. For a century, the people of Contargo in the Hinterlands had known of Jackdaw. I suppose being an elf gives you a certain degree of time to build one's legend. Jackdaw gathered a group of like-minded Contargan patriots to her side. From what I understand, they were a group of five. I don't know the details on the others. But they use their diverse skills to aid Cantargo's citizens in the dark times following Aridan's death and the chill of civil war. Mm -hmm. They continued this fight for over 30 years. Their role in the city changed. They were always, let us simply say, on this side of the law. They would skirt it, but not break it. And as such, especially considering their actions never interfered and in fact on many occasions aided, we had a Continuous peace. I know that they aided us when the scum invaded the city. Aquatic humanoid beings worshipping a what shark to say demon. Is, was that a pejorative or literal? Literal. <laughs> <laughs> they also aided us in fighting against the Nidalese vampires known as the Septimax Society, who were kidnapping young boys and girls, virgins for sacrifice and consumption. That seems to wait, have been a... Wait, we've got children missing in the city. 
There's been a rash of disappearances in old Cantargo. Nidalee's vampires? Victoria. What do you think I'm doing? You know oh, she's course, like frantically course, scribbling all of this down. <laughs> Were these vampires dealt with? To my understanding, between our actions and the Silver Ravens, that Septimiac society was destroyed. Mm. However, I do know that there is at least one Nidalee's vampire still active in the city of Cantargo. Where? She runs the Church of Zon Cathon. Oh. Uh, what? Okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> we should go talk to them as part of our investigation, I think. <laughs> I doubt you can just walk in and talk to the high priest of Zon Cathon. Maybe not the high priest, but... The almost has high priest, maybe. The receptionist. They know everything. <laughs> oh my god, that is uh, a revelation right there. And I was like, oh... Okay. Wow, I guess that's not common knowledge. Jeez. No, I, might I mean, I didn't her, know about it. <laughs> who goes to that church ever? Or that, whatever. Elisida Zul is the high priestess of the church. Zool. Yes. <laughs> Zul. It's got a Z. It's an evil name. <laughs> All right. So that is at the very least a lead for the missing children. However, I would not make your way to Shadow Square unless you have good reason to go. Mm. Missing children, I believe. Are a good reason. Hmm. But if we accuse her without enough evidence... Shadow Square is, is not only the second largest temple, but has certain, shall we say, diplomatic immunities with its connection to the faith and government of Nidal. When did this turn into lethal weapon? <laughs> diplomatic it's basically, it's basically an embassy, it sounds the like. The great thing about yeah. working outside of the law is you don't care about diplomatic immunity. Anyway. Yeah, but it does make it harder to just like walk in and start talking to people. Sure. Yes. It is separate, of course, from the Nidalee's embassy in Castle District. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we're going to have to find out some more information then. Let's see if we can't figure out something. Well, and of course, else we find, need to find out. Angus and his brother. Well, yes, and we also need to make sure that they're actually there. Oh, sure. Yeah. Beyond that, I know that the Silver Ravens were responsible in their day. Their last great success being the defeat of the Blue Dragon Rivozer. Hmm. They did use a secret weapon, hmm. both against the, the vampires and Rivozer, as well as during the first time that the armies of House Thrun laid siege to the city of Contargo. That's probably the weapon he's after. The one in, maybe it's stored in the opera house. Or at least the information of where it is or what it is is there. It's possible. Or at least he believes it's there. Mm -hmm. When House Thrun arrived to lay claim to the city, Jackdaw and some of the other Silver Ravens surrendered, negotiated a truce, as it were. She disappeared. He furrows his brow. And? It's always struck me as a certain curious gap in the history. She was a symbol, name, an icon in the city. She was never executed, no public trial, just disappeared. Probably thrown into oubliette somewhere and left to rot. But possibly still alive. Yeah, I was like, she could potentially be alive. As an elf, it's quite possible. That'd be a an ally. It may have been part of the negotiation of her surrender. Hmm. Perhaps. Imprisonment instead of termination. Or it's quite possible that the church decided on imprisonment instead of termination. Or the government. Better that she disappear and that they can tell the people that she abandoned them than make hmm. a martyr of her. Hmm. Regardless, that was when our orders diverged. 
With the loss of Jackdaw, the Silver Ravens became disorganized and fractious. Not all of them surrendered. To my understanding, two of them continued the fight and decided to pursue much less organized and much less popular means by which to try to stop the invasion. The Serini kidnapping. Yes. The abduction of Lord of the Lord Mayor Serini's son, Alvec. They held him hostage and forced the Lord Mayor into complying with the Silver Ravens' demands. Mm. This eventually backfired. This gave the the people a reason to humanize, to rally behind the new Serini family. Mm. Gave a potential narrative for the people of Cantargo to sympathize with. I wouldn't put it past the Serenis to have orchestrated the whole thing themselves and lay the blame at the Silver Ravens. I suppose. I wouldn't. However, my order's records show that, well, this is a large part of the reason why we were created. Before this, our station here was a small offshoot of the Order of the Scourge. However, when Rhea Novanti intervened, finding the Silver Ravens hideout, finding this, I believe his name was Rakisi, the Silver Raven responsible for kidnapping the Lord Mayor's son. Rhea single-handedly tracked down Rakisi's hideout, confronted the Silver Raven, and defeated the man in a public battle at Salt Gate in the spring of 4644. After her victory, she returned Alvec safe and sound to his father, and that was the birth of our order. This action, I suppose this final action of the Silver Ravens made it much easier for House Throne to erase them. Those that supported them quickly retreated from their support, open or otherwise. Hmm. You can win every battle, but you can only lose one. They lost. So it would seem. I'm certain that this man did not speak for the rest of the Silver Ravens. However, it is his legacy, not Jackdaw's, that remains. Mm-hmm. We would like to be a little bit more like Jackdaw... Maybe a little less like this guy. <laughs> Certainly, Jackdaw's yeah. hands were not clean. No. We don't exactly have the luxury, though. We're fighting an occupying force. It's a different no, situation. I'm, I'm just saying, you can't hold Jackdaw up as, you know, this innocent woman who championed the people and then lay all the blame at this other one's feet. She did her fair share of nefarious acts in the name of the city. Sometimes ugly acts are necessary. It's true. I will state that my hands are certainly not clean, but the same hands that I use to murder kidnappers, I use to hand children back to their parents. Mm -hmm. So looking at our current situation, we've now know that from a legal standpoint, Bazilai Throne did not legally take over Kentago. Technically debatable. Eh. There's an argument. I've read the Kentago contract. Unfortunately, I do not have easy access to it. It is a massive and intricate legal document detailing the surrender of the Duchy of Ravenel and the rights allowed to us. Every section of Chiliax has its own codes in connection back to the infernal contract signed by Abergel Throne I. My understanding of those laws is that this is an illegal seizure. That wow. being said, one could argue in court that it depends upon the interpretation of it. And Thrun is not going to face us in the court of law, even if we had the resources to do such. Hmm. And considering that there are only three copies of the Cantargo contract in existence... Oh, of course. It would be difficult to use it as a 
legal precedent in an argument. Uh, I was about let me to guess. Say. It's uh, one in Hell, one in uh, Igorian, one here in Cantago? Specifically, one here in Cantago held in the offices of the Lord Mayor. Hmm. Wish we had some great cat burglars, you know, like just some real good ones. <laughs> anyway. Let's go on a caper. My interpretation of the law, which I am forced to do in this occasion, is that Barzillai Throne has illegally claimed power in this city by using a loophole that he views as viable, unaware of a different clause to the law that makes his seizure of power here a coup. My effort was to make certain that it was not a bloodless coup. Unfortunately, I failed at that. Well, there was some blood involved. But he is still in power, and the citizens will likely not turn against him. He has the backing of the Church of Asmodeus. He has the Tatari, or which ones don't remain loyal to the citizenry. He has an order of Hell Knights. If he has the backing of the Church of Asmodeus, he has the backing of the Church of Zonkathon. They walk hand in glove. Hmm. I doubt the Church of Abadar will do so much as lift a finger one way or the other. As long as the coin keeps flowing in, no. He glances at his particular map, although I do have potential ideas on that. Yeah, hmm. it's like disrupting trade's not the worst, like not the hottest thing to do with how locked down he has the city. Well, and he has been actively raising prices for, you know, egress out of the city, for but we don't across want the bridge. The people we of the city to, be to suffer careful for it. doing anything like that. Part of the reason that the Asmodeans were even able to seize power at the end of the Civil War was how many people were dying of starvation and disease. Mm -hmm. Correct. And the one thing that he doesn't have is the one thing that you cannot give him. Support of the people. If yep, the people if we... view you as less liberators and more rabble-rousers, eventually they'll trade freedom for security. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cutting out trade is... The rewards may not be worth the risk, ultimately. Too many people may suffer. Unless we make the food free. You've got enough for everybody? Mm. If you've cut off trade, you'll run out eventually. If you steal the stores, maybe. I don't know. Well, There's I wasn't saying we should do it. I'm saying he's already actively kind of doing that. Oh, he's made it a lot harder to trade, and he's going to... The amount of people who are going to want to pay to get into the city to trade here specifically... There's other cities. I think what Lucia is getting at is, is yeah. changing the optics to make Barzillai the villain in this and us more the liberators. Mm-hmm. By just highlighting what's already happening. Well, exactly. highlighting what's already happening, wind and hearts and minds by going out and continuing to do good things. You know, nothing hey. overt necessarily, but it's, you know, he's got his propaganda. We have to kind of do the same thing. Getting rid of those tooth fairies helped. Well, <laughs> maybe <laughs> finding those kids. Yeah, they're real and they're horrible, by the way. Mm. I would assume that you have some sort of plan or have been thinking of things that would be beneficial if you were able to execute them properly. I have a number of plans. I have more plans than resources to commit to them. And by that I mean I have only one resource, which is myself. And if I were to fall into the hands of the Church of Asmodeus or to the government of Cantargo, I would be a detriment to my own cause. Mm -hmm. But we're willing to offer you more resources than just yourself. I guess we can also share with him what everything we know, like about Knox and this priest lady that summoned those tooth fairies and... Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm certain we'll stuff. tell him about what all we've done so far. Yeah, you can take the time to sit down, go through everything with him. He listens, nods, 
Nox must have been the woman that was with him the night that I attacked. Half, like, fiendish lady? Swordswoman? Yes, devil-bound, likely. Mm-hmm. It's a common practice, more likely than not, not willing on her part. Hmm. But it ensures loyalty. Well, that's one way to do it. We dealt her a great blow, but uh, she did walk away from it. You are obviously individuals of skill to have lasted this long and to have successfully battled against Nox. I witnessed some of her skill firsthand. She was not a slouch. Hmm. No. Certainly not. Generally, in my experience, passionate revolutionaries like the glorious reclamation to the South lack discipline. However, you have shown a surprising amount of subtlety, which is, I will admit, he gestures down to himself, something that I lack. <laughs> you look great, though. It's that problem of True. having, like, very distinctive custom-made armor, man. People <laughs> see you from a mile away. It's like it was leaning toward condescending, and then it took a veer to the left, and I'm okay now. Yeah. <laughs> With Hell Knights, the idea is to be seen. We rule through. Even my order, which is dedicated to providing hope, a certain level of fear. That deterrent. That is the opposite of what I am accustomed to. I'm willing to throw in with you, Silver Ravens, but I would need two things first. Very well. I cannot act as long as my armagers are in danger. Dang it, he knows about that. Ah, uh, nuts. Well, he knows that they were taken captive oh, that's on true, the Night of true. Ashes. Oh, he doesn't right, realize right. That... That's right. He doesn't know about the dog housing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We have a personal cause to want to, to free the homages. I kind of like nod toward Cesare. My nephew is among them. We are already setting plans in motion to see if we could find out more about where they're held. Hmm. Your nephew. Castian Arcanalith. Arcanalith. Yes. Skilled. Dedicated. No offense, but surprisingly clumsy for an elf. <laughs> Cesare shrugs. <laughs> He's going through those gawky hundreds, you know, when you're just getting the into swimming. The gawky swimming. hundred. <laughs> If you have any suggestions about how we may go about freeing them. Or any knowledge of where they might be held. I have theories and plans, and I can go over both of those. There is a second requirement, though. Sure. Mm. I'm willing to work with the Silver Ravens, but I cannot work with individuals who are antithetical to my beliefs. All right. I understand that you need to use subtlety and sometimes duplicity. And I respect the necessity for that. My order does as well. And considering that, in essence, I have been forced to ratify in my own mind the fact that we are dealing with an occupying force. Mm -hmm. Ergo, I am allowed to use all of the notably extreme measures allowed to my order during times of war. I still must know that you will work at least partially within the bounds of law to solve problems. If the law proves to be corrupt, you're of course willing to work your conscience. I will not force you to be a member of my organization. However, if it involves arson and direct assassination, we may have some issues. I'm familiar with working around the law, if need to be. Yes, I hate to sound like a priest of Asmodeus, but... Chessery smirks, but doesn't say anything. <laughs> what if the assassination is thrown? The man is an occupier. He is a insurgent. He is a... Ooh, mm, ooh, um, enemy traitor. combatant. Yes. 
And basically, you don't want us to go to certain extremes that would be very obvious law-breaking activities. Yes. Smothering Thrun in his bed in his sleep with his pillow, I am fine with. Sure. Mm. Okay, great. Then we're and on. if I could do that, I would be on my way right oh now. Oh my gosh. Trust me. <laughs> but uh, burning down the opera house to get to him, probably not so much. Sure. Correct. Yeah, we, we're trying to, to liberate Kentago, not destroy Kentago in the it. process. I absolutely understand. And if I believe that you are any different than what you say, we would not be having this conversation. Mm. Fair. Victoria makes a note to uh, look up uh, laws and how to work around them. <laughs> You're going to do some uh, archaic Googling, which is going little to be Little did you know, they have a handy handbook pamphlet in the Church of Asmodeus skirting the law for fun and profit. Yeah, Cesare is familiar. <laughs> we do some classes, some night classes um, on law skirting. Uh, everybody gets some ranks in uh, in Barrister or Asmodeus something. does a night class at the mm. Solar Ravens hideout that's just about how to like find all the loopholes in the laws. Like Asmodeus, like the god? Sorry, <laughs> like I meant Cesare. I don't know if I oh. said Cesare. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking Asmodeans. That's a weird yeah. association yeah. to okay. have, Cesare and Asmodeus. Cesare Ch- teaches everybody how to lie by omission and all that fun stuff, you know? But a lot of us do Remember, that, guys, that you before. didn't lie if you didn't say it. Say it. Exactly. Your, your terms are acceptable to me and I assume the rest of you. Oh, yeah, sure. Definitely. And I think the first place we should start is with the armagers. Absolutely. The Hell Knight removes his gauntlet, extends his ungloved hand towards each of you, and nice. shakes. Yeah. All right, then. I agree. We should start with the armagers. Once they are free, I can move with a greater degree of openness. Where can we put them when they're free? Once they are free... If you can bring them back to me, I can find a way to get them out of the city. Okay. Those that wish to stay and remain may do so with me. There is a second location inside of the city walls that I know is protected from any form of divination. Oh, great. It will require securing because it has not been occupied in some time. Well, great at that. Interesting. However, that will be something I will need to worry about at a later date. Hmm. First things first. I'll need to find all the information that I can and see if we can't recover what we can first. Hmm. We think that the armagers may be held at the holding house. I agree. Oh, great. I don't suppose you know any way we could covertly get inside. I do. This man is Chesare's new best friend. Right, we love this guy. (laughs) This guy is great. The holding house is a secure structure. One story. Stone two entrances. A public entrance and a let us simply say secure entrance to the building. He fishes around off towards the side, grabs down a map, lays it down, removes the fog of war from the map. (laughs) (laughs) As you do. He just basically just like brushes off all the dust. Too bad that we don't have a good strong library presence here in Kentargo. You could just go get the city laws and codes there. I think that's what the Fushi sisters did once. The fact that they only have one copy of this contract is pretty Mm. sus. Well, I mean, yeah, it is. It's one of the earliest constructions of old Kentargo and one of the city's strongest. The outside walls are four feet thick. The interior walls are less so, but it is still a almost impenetrable structure. That is pretty impressive, I have to say. Yes. The holding house was the city's original gel. Hmm. 
and until recently had it said stood mostly abandoned. A majority of criminals would be housed in the castle until such time as they would be punished, or individual holding cells in each one of the outlying towers. As such, it has not seen much use until recently. My understanding is that Brazili Throne reopened the holding house as a prison for the sheer number of suspects that he had. From what the yes. druids told me, they were quickly running out of room in the towers and gels throughout the rest of the city with how, let's simply say, eager the new Datari are to arrest. Mm. Oh, yes. The holding house has no windows, very few concessions for creature comforts, and only some small slits high on the walls to allow for smoke to make its way in and out in fresh air. The outside walls are reinforced masonry. The building's gently sloped roof has slate shingles over reinforced wood frame. Mm. Every door in the structure will be locked. At any given time, there are at least two dozen Datari present. Oof. Sometimes they are patrolling the surrounding grounds. There will also be the warden who is on site. I do not know who is warden of this structure. It may be something that you need to gather information on. We can do that. The southern of the two entrances is known as the welcome mat. It is a lounge area for the guards, as well as the area that visitors to the holding house must enter. There's always at least two guards on site there. And again, since it is a lounge, possibly up to six. Many of the guards stay on site. Those that are not active will stay in the barracks. The barracks can house a total of 10 guards. All right. There are numerous cells here. However, the prison can only comfortably house about two dozen people. It can go up to as many as a hundred if necessary to uncomfortably house prisoners. I was about to say. I was going to say, if you're okay with them not having anywhere to sleep. How many armagers do you have in the order? That we're not currently out serving as assistants and squires to other Hell Knights. Let me double check on that real quick. Say so he'd definitely know. I want to know how many people we're going to have to try to get out of here. Mm-hmm, because that's going to be the challenge, I think. There are five armagers, or were five armagers. Five, Still okay. in the city when I was captured. Mm. Your nephew. He nods to Cesare. Armager Pavu, Armager Aruda, Abervin, and Lyre. Hmm. Okay, five is a little more manageable. It is likely that they are the only prisoners being held there at the time. If what you say is correct, and that Thrun is spreading misinformation pertaining towards my order, he would not wish criminal elements to be housed in the same place with people who know differently. I really hope you're about to tell us that there's some sort of secret way in, because this is seeming quite impossible at the moment. I hate to disappoint. I'm really hoping he's about to tell us that there's like a sewer grate or something. <laughs> this we'll one exhaust port. <laughs> yeah. Know, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting here and I'm like, how much is a potion of gaseous for? <laughs> just a going lot. Through there. Too much. I have pets <laughs> Too much. I can turn into a mouse for a little while, but not for a long time. I don't know if they're allowing visitors. I mean, that could really oh, be the only you know they're not allowing ploy. visitors. This oh, is, gosh, yeah, no. this is one of those, like, you go in there and people forget about you kind of places, I bet. Well, I could turn into a rat and snoop around if we needed that to be a thing. But the durations on these spells nowadays in second edition aren't super long. I mean, I think we've got a map of the place and he's... Yeah, he's showing Especially us if we need map. to get a key or if we wanted to, I don't know, skullduggery. So how do you suggest we go about this then? The Hell Knight way? Just straight through the front door? That seems like a really bad idea. 
given our numbers versus theirs. I'd considered a couple of possibilities. He takes the paper, uh, basically hangs it up in front of the candle so that you can see through it and lays another sheet of paper on top of it before another, before another on various different attack routes. <laughs> Once you can see, you know, paper through paper with the Okay, ink. so we're going mm-hmm. into the football, like, playbook here. We cannot go into the building and demand their release as the arrests were made under the auspices of Chilish law. This law being corrupt and unlawful, notwithstanding. <laughs> the forces stationed at the holding house are significant. I did not like my odds. My odds with all of you would be much higher. However, that is still not great. And again, the moment that I am known to be active, if they should scry me, if they should locate me, if they should dispatch their teleporting devils or whatnot to capture me, it will be difficult to escape. Your public enemy number one. Unfortunately, it's in our best interest for you to remain here. Mm -hmm. So then, I do have an idea. Knowing what I know of throne. And to be perfectly honest, what I would do in his same situation. It is unlikely that the armagers will be kept there for much longer. If he has declared me outlaw, the only sensible thing for him to do would be to either publicly torture or execute the armagers in an attempt to draw me out. It's what I would do. Although I love him so much. Anyway. Obviously I am against execution or torture of innocents, not actually guilty of a crime, although they can, of course, conflict them. The same thought had occurred to me. As such, I think we should work with the fact that there are so many new faces in the Tatari now. Oh no, not an infiltration. Oh no. If you were able to use stealth, diplomacy, and trickery, you could easily disguise yourselves as Tatari with properly forged papers arriving subtly to escort the armagers from the holding house to Cantargo's castle, which would be the logical place to hold them until such a time as they could be executed. I love it and I'm here for it. It would seem within the, let us simply say, regular bounds of business. Oftentimes these transfers in Southern Chiliacs are done with little to no notice so as to ensure that there are not protests or no word gets out of their movement. And given the proximity to the last proclamation, it would kind of make sense that they'd be moving them. Do you have any idea someone we could trust to forge papers that would trick the warden and the other Atari at the building? I do know someone. Hmm. Ruba Finque. She runs a shop in Old Cantargo. Hmm. She may be difficult to convince. She is not a friend. How do you know her, then? Let us simply say I know her reputation, as she has been known to work previously with certain organizations that I am sympathetic towards, even though their illegalities require that I not work with them. Ah. Such as the Bellflower Network. We may have an in with them. Hmm. That may work out. So not necessarily somebody who might be opposed to us. Laria. We could have talked to Laria. She would know exactly who we should talk to to forge papers for this place. Man, yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, we do know someone that's in that network. I didn't think about the fact the the Bellflower Network needed to forge paperwork regularly. But they do. So we can talk with her and get the paperwork in order. Once we do so, I suppose we go. We have to procure uniforms. Hey, nuts takes down a sheet of paper, begins steadily writing on it. Do you have spare armor? Are we all going to wear hell knight armor? That sounds wild. 
Uh, well, I mean, the arm, or the uh, Datari armor, armor Knights, wouldn't. Though. Yeah. I was gonna say, would I don't it think be Datari or would it be Hell Knights moving them? Could be a mix. Maybe Datari. Could probably. be either, but probably Datari. It would oh. certainly be the Datari making them. The movement. Hell Knights would draw too much attention. Yes. And even if I did have additional suits of armor for my order, every it order's armor is unique. Yep. You would most likely be immediately rested if seen in my order's livery. I like the new uh, blue tabard, mm. by the way. I find it necessary. Probably a, a concession to my vanity to display <laughs> my allegiances. He takes a sheet of paper, sprinkles some uh, sand over it before dusting it off, helping the ink dry a little faster. He extends it to literally whoever's closest. Adria will take it. That should be word for word the necessary document for a transfer request. Hmm. She'll simply need to transcribe that in a much more, let us say, unrecognizable hand. I've had to request prisoner transfers on more than one occasion, and let us simply say I know the wording by heart. Oh, great. The document's details are, of course, widely known. However, it will require a seal and signature. But the great part is, once we get the transfer order in, since we've made it, we can just take them pretty much wherever we need to, right? You will all need to look the part. Mm -hmm. You'll need to arrive and present that to the warden. You'll need to, of course, pass muster, if you will, to make certain that the warden believes you are who you say you are. Of course. To do that accurately, you'll need a full set of armor to disguise yourselves. You will also need a carriage to transport them in. That may right. be more difficult to come by. You can, of course, arrive and request the use of one of their carriages. Mm. It will be a little more suspicious, although it is not uncommon, considering sometimes the city has limited resources. Mm. Budget cuts. That choice is yours. All right. Instead of a breakout, why not a sneak out? Sounds good to me. Better than trying to fight all those guys. There are two other things that you will need to make this look believable. First off, he writes down a slip of paper and hands it over. Mm. The uh, the slip of paper having the five names of the armagers that you need transferred. First and last names of each of the prisoners. Mm. Secondly, you will need the prisoner number. Mm. That will be somewhat more difficult to come by. Is that uh, something that's in the city records or something that's like specific to this jail? It will be in the holding house records here. It would have also mm. been kept in the records that they would have sent over to the castle. Yeah. Okay. Skullduggery. Okay. Yep. Sounds well, like something to put our, our skullduggery people on. Yeah. You could, of course, choose to leave that off, at which point you would need to explain to the warden why it is not included, mm. raising additional suspicion. But if you are clever or, I suppose, let us simply say skilled enough at lying, it may be something that you can do, but it will raise further suspicion. We'll see if we can find it first, and then that's our backup plan, I suppose, if we can't. He nods, reaches over to the table, grabs a bag, hands it over towards Niccolo. You'll find some funds inside. Mm. Money enough to hopefully cover the cost of Ruba Finquay's services. Mm. All right. You are asking her to do a very difficult task. I imagine she is not going to do so cheaply. Mm. Probably not. All right, so it looks like we have some work to get done. Mm -hmm. mm. We need to try to find out all the information we can before we go to her, so that way we can give her everything at once. I agree. And we need to move fast. Yep. Once you secure the armagers, 
my suggestion would be take the cart and head to exit the city. At that point, you will need to stop at the gate and inform the Datari there that you are leaving the city to take workers out to the salt flats. Yes. There won't be necessary paperwork for this. At the very least, if you want to uh, convince them otherwise, it will most likely just require a small amount of, shall we say, bluffing. Mm. Persuasion. If it comes to that, he thinks for a long moment. I would say that between the shouts from the guards on the bottom and the response from the guards on top, you would have approximately 15 to 20 seconds before the portcullis drops, if you need to run for it. All right. Once they are outside of the city, I would say that you unteam the horses, release them, and then shove the cart into the swamp. <laughs> Once you pass the third scarecrow on the left-hand side, on the right, you'll find an area of deeper bog. It will sink rather quickly. You know this from experience, then. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, has he done this before? <laughs> Personal yes. experience, no. <laughs> However, I have run into people that have attempted to evade me that way before. I just imagined him driving a cart and like, uh-oh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell I mean, no one. It's, I'll one, of those, it's one of those comic, like, he broke an axle and it just goes mm. squirt right into the bog. <laughs> Squirr. After which you bring them to me. Mm. If you can include on this writ to hand over not just the armagers, but all of their belongings. Mm. I will ask them once they arrive whether or not they wish me to secret them out of the city, or if they would prefer they will stay, and they can aid me in aiding you. Mm. If that is the case, it would be best for you to have at least one fully armed Hell Knight. He gestures to himself and an entire team of armagers at his disposal. I guess it's, uh, I mean, it sounds like a great plan, so it's now our job to get it done. He nods, looks contemplatively for a long moment. Do you want us to take a note back to Lucille or bring you anything when we come back? I will see her when this is done. Okay. For now, however, it is best that she knows nothing of my position existence. Endangering my cousin is enough. That being said, she is stubborn. Your daughter or your cousin? Both. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering how often his cousin also called him stubborn, uh, <laughs> it seems to be yeah. a family trait. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I look forward to seeing my daughter again. I'll have to wait until that is no longer a choice on my part that is putting her personal safety in danger. Hmm. However, he reaches down to his hip, unbelts a sword, Extends it over. Take the sword. The sword has been in my family for years. It was my grandmother's and my mother's after hers. Hmm. It was a masterfully crafted weapon that my grandmother received in service to the first Mendevin Crusade. Hmm. Wow. Oh. Much as the ring showed me that you are a friend, any of my armagers will recognize this weapon. Ah, okay. That notwithstanding, it is also a short sword which is amongst the allowed weapons for the Datari. Hmm. Mm. My halberd would be a little bit too noticeable. Probably. It's a little flashy. The weapon was given to my grandmother by a paladin of Torak. Hmm. Hmm. The blade is pure mithril. Dang. Whoa. Whoa. Wowzers. I find it exceptionally Ooh. useful on the occasion of running into devils that need to be dealt with. What? <laughs> okay. Dude. That's Put wild. it to good use if you find need to. I trust you'll return it to me. 
Of course. My mother had no daughters. Traditionally, it's been passed down to the women in my family. Mm. I'm holding it on until Lucille is of such an age that I can teach her how to use it herself. If she chooses to pursue such a course. She's an artist. How old is she? <laughs> She'll be nine. This Cthonus. Mm. Oh, that's a good age. I've taught her some basic hand-to-hand self-defense. I haven't graduated her to using bladed weapons yet. Mm. However, for the most part, she likes to paint. Nice. Mm-hmm. She's gotten quite good. <laughs> well, perhaps when all of this is over, we can meet her and have a big party or something. I don't know. Commission a big mural. <laughs> She'll make a massive mural of all of us, victorious over <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, keep our fingers crossed for that, then. I don't know about all that. He nods. Then here I'll remain. I have plans, and I'll compile them for you. Eventually. He glances over towards the map, where at the very least, Lucia, you can recognize uh, what looks to be a map, judging from this, drawn by memory of every floor of the Opera House. Chesare, you can recognize uh, numerous maps of the various levels of the Church of Asmodeus. (gasps) Excellent. Wow. Dear Lord. <laughs> I studied architecture before I became a Hell Knight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Comes in handy. Oddly, it does. Mm. Perspective isn't great. My daughter's much better with perspective. <laughs> Thank you for all of your help. For telling you to go and impersonate a number of Datari and make your way into a building and potentially get yourself killed. It's a better plan than anything we would have come up with. And it has a much higher chance of success. So, yes, thank you. And for remembering the layout of the building. You're welcome. We knew there would be risks when we started this. Mm -hmm. Raven, you're not getting a Datari outfit before you even ask. You might have to sit this one out. Mm. I'll keep the cart running. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> for a hasty getaway okay I mean, so all of us will be playing Dotari and Raven will be playing a street cat that just happens to Raven's be Raven's just in a little Dotari <laughs> cloak sitting on the front step <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess it would probably be a good question to ask but are there any like restrictions on who can become a Dotari yeah like are tieflings mm-hmm. in the Dotari that's kind of what I was wondering I or assume they, they have... are rare if nothing else but still there are two tieflings in the Datari, to my knowledge, although oh, there may wow. be more now. Sounds like we're giving you my hat of disguise. I mean, not every Datari knows every other Datari, but mm-hmm. if we want to go that route, I'll do it. Beyond that, elves, half-elves. Obviously, there's no push against them being members of the Datari. Also, the city's, like, full of half-elves. Yes. Elves are less common. Hmm. However, in full armor with a helmet on, it's difficult to tell from <laughs> an elf from just a tall, thin man. It's true. I have a hard time wearing helmets. That's why you got to get the illusion going. (laughs) Or maybe you're the driver. (laughs) Do what you feel you need to. Uh, We need to get this done quickly. So hopefully we shall be seeing you again in the next few days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He sighs somewhat, glances about. I'll be here. Would you like a few books? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Do you want us to bring you something? No, the isolation has given me numerous opportunities to focus on how and when I will get my revenge is not accurate. Mm. How and when I will bring Thrun to justice. Mm. Fair enough. Make a mental note to bring him something anyway, because this place is sad. He needs some fresh baked goods. That's what it yeah, sounds so, like. Yes, fresh baked goods. Maybe I'll another be down candle. here with the dead. <laughs> Maybe a softer With nothing bedroll. but my own thoughts and a bunch of paper and, and quill and mm. ink. Maybe an armor rack? I didn't see an armor rack down there. 
Dude, yeah, seriously, is this guy sleeping in this armor? No, he has to take the armor off, but... Yeah, probably he put it on the armor he... when he's not sleeping. Yeah, he probably put it on when we were, it's, you know, it's messing around. It's probably habitual, honestly. Yeah. He's probably used to wearing it, so it, like, Well, he can get it on and off by himself, which is something. That's also mm. impressive, yeah. right? Well, maybe the druids help. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe. I mean, they didn't come down here. Well, maybe he just puts it on every morning. Anyway. They, cu- they come in, they bring him, like, a breakfast, and he's like, Good morning. Cinch my back. <laughs> <laughs> Would you would you mind zipping me up? <laughs> I just armor with a zipper. I'm not sure how that works. It's the light armor. It's an I industrial so. grade zipper. It's not going anywhere. Anyway, but the man uh, nods, stands to his feet, inclines his head. I wish you the best of luck. Then, in the words of my order, breathe deeply before the plunge. Nice. We'll do. We gotta get us some woods. <laughs> what, we mean, like, need words. We need a cool saying, an aphorism. The Silver Ravens always pay their debts. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Then I guess Nicolo can't be a member anymore. He owes some money. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> but I suppose Eventually. you take the uh, the map that you now have of the uh, the holding house. Mm-hmm. Kind of glance over this fortress-like structure, and then make your way uh, back up and out. Do you yep. also need to get a box of, of goods or something? We do yeah, need just... to get some type of goods, yes. Yeah, are there any the spare crates might have some. down here? Nah, yeah, I was going to say, if they happen to have a carriage. <laughs> I mean, I can just, I have some silver. I can what just buy some food. driving a carriage? There is actually driving lore. Um, oh. Which oh, we're would gonna probably to be ideal. To... Um, yeah, we're going to try to find some of that. You turn, you make your way back down the uh, the tunnel, back up to the uh, to the surface. With a new goal in mind set out before you, and apparently having uh, actually secured the aid of Lictor Octavio Sabinus. Woohoo! Dude's rad. He's very cool. And we'll pick it up here next time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Onward. Adrian's like, I was going to come out here just to learn potion crafting, but there's Mm. an added bonus of this guy in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) The one with the thirsty druid. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hell's Rebels is copyright 2015. Hell's Rebels and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Find the Path Ventures have converted Hell's Rebels from Pathfinder to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Conversion notes are available to our Patreon backers at patreon.com backslash findthepath.